like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah, what's up, Doc? Hello, and welcome to the 2021 version of What's Up, Doc? This is, again, the podcast where we interview our professors at Illinois Wesleyan University to try to figure out what it is they do and how they spend their time, not only as a professor, but in their personal lives as well. We hope you catch around. We've got so many great episodes ahead, and we're going to be coming to you a lot more frequently than we did last year. So buckle up. This episode's going to be a crazy ride. Welcome to another episode of What's Up, Doc. I am here with Hannah Johnson and Dr. Alvey. If you would like to introduce yourself, Dr. Alvey. Hello, I'm Dr. Alvey. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just kind of like an overall arching general question that we have is how you got into your respective field of study. Um, kind of like maybe where you started out at your undergrad, if you changed your decision, if you kind of like went through that hole of like, I thought I know what I want to do and now I have no idea. So kind of like your journey. Sure. So I did not know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wasn't afraid of like taking on the sort of interesting kind of science type of stuff. And so my logic when I was a high school graduate was that I would go into college being a mathematics major. And this way I wouldn't be like tracked into like an easier field that didn't require <laughs> higher powered mathematics. And so I got into, I got started that major and um, when you're a mathematics major, you take a lot of mathematics courses. <laughs> <laughs> and I started finding that not very interesting. Um, and the other interesting thing too with, with where I went, which was Virginia Tech, was that um, all my classes I was taking with engineering students who were using this math, the math they learned and in, in, um, applying it in their other classes. And then I was just learning the math and, and I didn't feel like I was applying it. So after my freshman year, I decided I need something different. I need something more interesting. So I decided I was gonna take biology and I was gonna take chemistry and they weren't required for me for anything. Um, and then I was gonna pick one and whichever one I found most inter interesting would be the one I would change my major to. So I went with biology, it, was, it won me over. That's cool. I didn't realize that you started out as a math major. Yeah, I but I never, I never intended to stay with math, but um, <laughs> I just wanted to keep my good. options open. Seems like that's not something you hear too often with science majors. We usually go in, especially with biology, trying to avoid the math. Did you like do any like activities or clubs that you really enjoyed when you're in your undergrad and you like stuck out or did you do like really cool research with a professor? You know, I went to a huge school uh, Virginia Tech and um, I since I kind of started late I felt like I was always behind on sort of my major so I didn't actually get quite get the opportunity to do research my my sort of thing that I did when I was at Virginia Tech was um, I got with the juggling club of Virginia Tech and so I became a reasonably good juggler um, and so that's probably my sophomore to senior, or rather my junior and senior year. Um, I hung out with those guys any chance I could get and um, 
became kind of really good at juggling. Yes. So the important question is, can you still juggle? I can. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I don't practice a whole lot, but um, I'm, I'm still better than average. I think um, <laughs> I, I taught Dr. Cozy how to juggle. So she knows how to as well. Um, and of course, Marty is going to be next. <laughs> That's so cool. I didn't realize that you were a part of that. Part of the juggling club. Yeah, it was just an interesting group of folks. And um, I just one year for Christmas, I got a um, set of the juggling clubs. You know, the things that circus people do. Oh, yeah. like the, and, uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I spent like whole time learning it. And then I was walking to class one day and I saw like a group of people doing this thing that I had just tried to figure out on my own. And so I went and talked to them and got hooked. Do you have a yeah. favorite object to juggle? Oh, probably fire. Yeah. Fire. Is fire. fire. Yeah. I do. I do have my own set of uh, knives as well. So. Okay. Um, so obviously you did not pursue a career in juggling. So what made you decide to attend graduate school and to sort of be where you yeah. are at right now? So I, I sort of starting a little bit late as a biology major, I, I basically sort of jumped in and, and took it pretty intensively, you know, for my remaining years there. So I was taking many biology classes each semester just to finish on time. And I actually ended up loving it. I felt like I could take 20 classes of that oh, semester. Wow. Um, and, 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 you know, they all kind of inter, interrelate in interesting ways. And um, you start being able to use stuff you learned in one class in another class. And, and so I really enjoyed that. Um, and so I kind of graduated, though, without really a plan, which maybe isn't too surprising. So I... I I don't know, I sort of struggled a bit to find something to do after I graduated. I knew I wanted to do graduate school, but hadn't really planned ahead on that. Um, so I ended up working as an accountant in, uh, at a place in Washington, DC that my uncle worked at. And so I did that for probably about six months and knew I wanted to get out of that right away. <laughs> um, although it was interesting to work, you know, I got to actually you know, I worked not too far from the White House, so that was kind of fun and um, got to see, you know, people going about their, their daily work at various places around there. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I ended up wanting to get a biology job or something related to my major because I, you know, felt like I wanted to continue in this field. And so I found a company that um, did sort of microbiology testing for other companies. So anytime you see like a bottle of Lysol that says kills 99% of all germs, yeah. they can't just put that on the bottle. They need to prove that it kills 99% <laughs> of all germs. So um, there's people that do that job and I, I was one of them. So I, I took on this job working at a microbiology company and got to work with a bunch of interesting organisms that people wanted to kill. And I enjoyed that a lot, but still kind of knew that this didn't feel like the thing I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so I worked there for maybe a year or two and applied to graduate school and um, got into Indiana University and yeah, decided to go there. That's cool. That makes me feel better knowing that they actually like test the bottles and stuff. Like that's cool because yeah. 
I had always just been told that they put 99 because they couldn't put 100 because it never kills 100% of the germs. That's right. They, there is a test that yeah. they have to do that, to get that certification. Yeah. And it has to be by an independent lab either. They, they, can't, they can't just make that up based on their own lab doing it at their own facility because it's, it's kind of, um, you know, they have their own bias in there because they, you know, they want it to work. So we were big into testing Febreze. I remember we had lots and lots of bottles of Febreze back then. That was kind of a new thing. Kind of weird. Yeah. Now I can't see a bottle of Febreze without sort of thinking back to that yeah. bottle. Yeah. Can't imagine. Yeah, just kind of like always thinking about it every time you see Febreze. Kind of like when you work at, if you work at a restaurant, mm -hmm. then yeah. it's like you just like can't like see the food without thinking like just what goes into it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Do you think, because I know like a lot of discussion, like at least for people like at our point in college of like, do you take a year off or do you like go straight into grad school? Do you think it was beneficial for you to kind of take some time, figure out exactly what you wanted to do, get some work experience before going to grad school? Oh, that's that's an interesting question. Um, I, I wish I hadn't mm -hmm. for my own self. I, I would have rather have gone straight to graduate school. Um, I don't know. I felt like, and maybe it's just the way it feels, but I felt like maybe I had missed out on new new things in biology that were happening. And so I, after taking more or less two years away from it, um, I felt like people were coming in knowing things that I hadn't even heard of before. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but things like the first um, bacterial genome was just done when I started or when, when I was in my undergraduate uh, mm -hmm. institution. So the, sort of the field of genomics and things were starting to take off then that I wasn't really familiar with. And I felt, I felt like a little bit like maybe everybody else had a leg up on me. Mm -hmm. Maybe that wasn't real. Maybe you just <laughs> always kind of feel like that, but um, I don't know. I, I, I would have been, been perfectly happy to just go straight to graduate school. So I'd, mm -hmm. I'm not one that recommends the year off. Interesting. That's a cool perspective. Because yeah. I remember, like, I don't know, Pana, you remember, like, our first year, they kind of, like, told us, like, eh, some people do it, like, some people don't, you know, like, yeah. kind of just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I think... it, did, it didn't harm me, I, I don't mm -hmm. think, but um, I, I think I was ready enough that I, I would have, like, <laughs> jump into it next. So once you decided that you wanted to go to graduate school, uh, what did you research once you were there? Yeah, so um, one thing I liked a lot about the graduate school that I chose was they let you do rotations. So when you first start, you can sort of try out several laboratories. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I knew I wanted to do, I liked bacteria and I, I kind of ended up focusing on bacteria in my studies at Virginia Tech. So I was kind of microbially interested and plus my job that I had for a little while was um, all bacteria. Um, I was looking for just sort of an interesting question. Um, I wanted somebody that uh, wasn't like a slave driver, so to speak. You know, I wanted a good person to work for, I think is almost more important than the, the topic you're studying, um, at, least, at least for me. Um, so I ended up working on uh, light sensing in bacteria, which is kind of not something you think that bacteria do. They're, you don't really think of bacteria as having eyeballs and being able to see. <laughs> uh, so, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, they, but they do basically. They have a light sensing, 
proteins that you know change gene expression. And so I worked for a person that he just started basically the year that I started. And um, I kind of liked that too, because he was, he kind of had to hit the ground running and get some, get some interesting results and do some cool science right away. And so I was, I liked being in on the ground floor of a laboratory um, just as they were getting started. So um, I, yeah, that's what I did. I, I, I worked specifically on sort of figuring out um, the pieces of DNA that were controlled by um, the light sensing system in the bacteria that we were working with. It's kind of, it sounds esoteric, but it's pretty fun. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. I just like imagining bacteria with little eyeballs in my head. <laughs> yeah. Out of, out of curiosity, the light sensing. Oh, I was going to ask. So we did the petri dish art not too long ago, but that was bacteria giving off light. Is that in any way related to bacteria sensing light? Um, or are they? Well, related. It's. Not, not directly related, um, but uh, it turns out that pretty much every, everything that a bacteria senses results in changes in gene expression. So ultimately you can sort of um, whittle it down to just that and you know, find the DNA binding protein, find where it binds on the DNA and then how it influences transcription. And so um, the, the paradigm is very similar, but these, the bacteria that we worked with in, on the glow-in-the-dark uh, sort of fun thing that we did is not at all related to the bacteria that I worked with. And, <laughs> yeah, this, you know, they, maybe they see each other once in a while and sort of wait. When you were doing the research, like, uh, did you think that you wanted to maybe go a more research path or did you kind of know you wanted to do teaching or you hadn't really thought about it yet? Um, I guess it's sort of the same thing. I think I have this, um, this history of sort of not wanting to make a decision until I absolutely have to. Um, I, I like to keep my options open. Um, I was enjoying the research a lot and I did sort of look at research options um, a little bit. And, and after I graduated uh, from Indiana, I did uh, go on to do a postdoc at Penn State. Um, but, I, but I, even at, at Penn State, I wasn't really sure what I was, what I was planning to do after that. And uh, a lot of that, maybe I kind of blame on Dr. Cozy because <laughs> my plan was to go wherever she goes after, uh, after her um, PhD, because I knew that she was gonna do a postdoc. So I was sort of leaving my options open or avoid, avoiding making a decision because I, I knew I could <laughs> prolong that later on. So you, you said you did a postdoc at Penn State? That's right. Okay, so how was that? Was that like completely different than the research you did at Indiana or was it kind of similar? It was, it was kind of similar. I, I wanted to sort of increase my, my experience in biochemistry. This is something I wasn't overly <laughs> familiar with. Uh, so I, I, that was more of a biochemistry lab and I went there and continued to do biochemistry, but or started to do biochemistry, but um, I kind of easily fell back into my old ways of doing molecular biology um, and, and actually made some cool, got some, you know, publications out of that and made some cool uh, discoveries. But I kind of wish that I had done something more different. So um, in, the, in, in that particular lab, I was studying a similar kind of bacteria that I studied as, uh, under, or as a graduate student. 
but I was looking specifically at the, the type of pigments that they produced and, and maybe how to manipulate them for sort of biotechnological purposes. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, I don't know, I, I would recommend probably doing something more different than your uh, graduate schoolwork as a postdoc if, if I had that to do over again. Cool. And so I know, I know you lived in Hawaii for yes. a little bit. So do you want to talk about that? Because I feel like that's like always like a dream for people to live is <laughs> yeah, Hawaii. Sure. Um, I, I'll talk about sort of the, the career end of that first, maybe. Um, so that, that was, that's an interesting thing. So I knew Dr. Cozy was going to graduate sometime eventually. <laughs> we're, we're, we're probably about five years apart in our experience there. So, oh, okay. um, so I, I graduated pretty much when she arrived. And then, so I had to wait five or six years until she graduated um, before we could go do something else in someplace else. And so um, I knew that I was going to try and get a job wherever she found as their next spot. And then she finds a place in Hawaii, which is kind of like the hardest place in the world to find a job. Um, you know, I don't like know anybody that works in Hawaii. Um, never been there myself. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people that sort of dream about moving to Hawaii. And so they, um, the people that live there and, and hire there, they don't really want to talk to you unless you're actually living there. Because you're, otherwise, you're just another person that's dreaming about coming to Hawaii. Um, so, you can like so, sniff out the tourists. Yes, yeah. exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I very much ended up having to just go there without any job in mind and just knowing that it was near a university and they probably have something. Um, and, and the University of Hawaii is where Dr. Cozy worked and it was, it's a pretty big school. So there was bound to be something there. And of course I get there and there's, I can't find anything. <laughs> nobody's hiring you know, people with my skill set. Um, and so I, I ended up sort of casting my net a little wider. And there's actually a, a small university in our neighborhood. And it was, it's really about the size of, of Wesleyan uh, that has, you know, around 2000 students. It's uh, called Chaminade University. And I just said, hey, I'm a microbiologist. I don't see that you have microbiology on your, you know, course catalog there. And I would love to come teach it with you guys. And so uh, she, the person there, the, the head of the sciences got that email and uh, within a week called me in and said, hey, we got classes we would love to have you teach. And, and, the, and I remember very specifically, they asked, uh, but, but before we hire you, we, we need to know, why are you here? <laughs> like you just did a postdoc and then you just moved to Hawaii. This feels very weird. Um, and so I said, well, the real reason is love. I'm here for love. So <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I explained that. And that's actually, I think, a reason a lot of people are there. You know, mm -hmm. you follow somebody that has, has come to Hawaii. Uh, so uh, yeah, I got my first job there. And they, rather than put me in microbiology, they put me in teaching gen bio, like right away. <laughs> um, it was actually gen bio, and then it was also um, general biology for non-science majors which is a really interesting group of people because they don't really want to be taking a science class. They, yeah. they come in for yeah. you know, some other reason and then they're forced to take a lab science course. And I actually, that was actually kind of the funnest class I taught there. Um, 
trying to convince people that science and biology is fun. It, it was, <laughs> I, I appreciated the challenge. It was really yeah. fun. So yeah, so so that was an interesting experience, and and uh, basically I stayed there the whole time I was there. I uh, continued to teach. I even taught summer school pretty much for all the summers I was there, um, and they enjoyed you know having me. And I ended up eventually teaching microbiology and immunology, and um, sort of enjoyed working with those students there. And it ended up being a really great experience. It sort of was probably kind of formative in my my getting that interest in teaching. Yeah, that's cool that you got to teach like the non-majors and majors in science because I feel like that's just so, such a different dynamic. Yes. And you get to meet students who like you probably normally wouldn't have met and that's, get to interact with them. That's right. Within a couple of years, I estimated that I almost got to know like the whole school um, wow. because a lot of a lot of non-science majors would take biology as the easier science. <laughs> It was kind of fun. Were there any majors at this school, like scuba diving or, I don't know, um, writer? Not, not as a major. Um, I, would, I will say that our Gen Bio field trips were pretty darn cool. Um, <laughs> we, we went to the beach. <laughs> yeah, so we would, you know, we'd go to like coves and, uh, you know, lift up rocks and find crabs and interesting things. So, so that was pretty fun. Um, and, and actually the students, a lot of them, the sort of, um, the ones that had lived there all their life were, were able to actually teach me quite a bit of things, which was pretty That's cool. cool. Yeah. That is cool. So I've always kind of wondered, cause like I know we did the Petri dish art with the bioluminescent bacteria. So did you like go searching for that bacteria or did you just like happen to isolate it? Like how did you stumble upon that species? Yeah, I, I was told, um, so before I taught microbiology there, I um, one summer I was able to go to a, a microbiology teaching conference, which they tell you how to teach microbiology, and some give you some cool you know lessons that you could do. And I remember somebody specifically was kind of excited about light up bacteria there, and um, he just was able to. He's, he, I think he was from um, Washington State and was able to sort of get to some salt water there and just isolate his own light up bacteria. And so I figured, you know, I'm a microbiologist, we can do this. So I made it part of our, our you know, lab experience to everybody go, it's kind of like C-Lab, everybody go get a sample of salt water and we're, we're gonna isolate light up bacteria. So we put a mill of seawater on a plate and let it go for a couple of days. And then we had like a, it's kind of convenient. We had a really dark room connected to the lab where they had like the refrigerators and minus 80 uh, freezers. And so we would just go into there with our plates and you just let your eyes adjust and almost every time, almost every student could get a light up bacteria. It was, it was pretty neat. So the ones that I had uh, for you guys, I was just one I isolated myself and, and brought back with me. So. That'd be such a cool lab experience. Yeah, it was pretty fun. That. And what was cool about it for me was that I hadn't actually done this myself before. So it was mm -hmm. sort of, um, it was, you know, the unknown for me as much as it was for them. That's super neat. I just yeah. thought it would work. It should work. <laughs> I wish we could do that in Illinois, but <laughs> we can't. I'm not sure we can't. One of these days I may have to try it. I've, I've been told at least you can, you can buy shrimp and you can like uh, fresh shrimp and they have like the light up bacteria on their 
on their bodies. <laughs> I've never tried it myself, but okay, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> so did you guys go straight from Hawaii then to Illinois Wesleyan University? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, that, um, so, I mean, obviously you guys had been at Illinois Wesleyan for a while. Um, so kind of like, how does it compare to teaching in Hawaii? Because I know you said you taught at a school that's like somewhat of a similar size. Yeah, um, I think it is actually very remarkably similar. So that was kind of cool for me to discover this. Because um, I especially, because I went to a big school and then a big school after that and then a big school after that. So I hadn't had the small college experience at all. Um, and so I, I really... I appreciated it and enjoyed it and sort of it gave me something sort of interesting to study as these people having this experience that I didn't have. Um, you know, all of my classes were like 200 students. So um, to, to get to know the students the way I did was it was kind of, um, I didn't know this even happened to tell you the truth. Uh, it, was kind of, it was very weird to me. Um, and so the, this, the fundamental dynamics are actually very similar. It's, um, that's a, a small school next to a big school. So it's mm -hmm. kind of very similar to us here um, near ISU. Um, I, I, you get this sort of phenomenon where students know you because they know the students in your class. <laughs> so I, I had that kind of happen. And um, I had, uh, so back then I wasn't married yet. And so I, um, many of the students there sort of were pushing me to propose while I was still there. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that to one of my professors when I was in college. <laughs> I was getting a lot of push pushback on uh, proposing before I left uh, to come here. I, I waited till I was here. Um, but, but very similar. The one thing that's maybe different here uh, that, that the, than there was a lot of the students um, lived at home there and were were sort of um, very much sort of tied to their families and so a lot of times I would have students that came in with their like little brother and they just they didn't needed a babysitter and they couldn't find one so this student had to bring their little brother in um, so that was kind of weird and you don't we don't really see that so much here um, a lot of Things where like I, I can't come to class because my grandma said I needed to help her do something. It's like that's a weird excuse. I never hear that one <laughs> here. Um, probably in general, the students here are a little bit more dedicated to their studies, and maybe some of that's because of that. Um, so, yeah, it's but remarkably similar. It's again, it's it's uh, everybody knows each other in, in ways that I think are really interesting. <laughs> Uh, so now that you're here at Illinois Wesleyan, what do you teach? What do I teach? Um, I, the thing I've taught the most is the C-Lab. Um, I teach GenBio pretty regularly and uh, genetics. And then every once in a while, I'm dabbling in microbiology. Uh, like this semester, I'm teaching microbiology. That's usually that ends up being Dr. Cozy's class. <laughs> If, if there is like a class that you could teach or like a class you would add to like the course catalog for bio, like is there one that you like really want to do or you think is interesting? Um, you know, I, I have gotten really interested in human genetics. So, um, okay. you know, as I taught genetics when I first came here and then I've taught it uh, 
two or three times since. And the very first time I taught it, I got interested in the 23andMe uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> company so I did that and, and got really sort of interested in how I could dig in and, and find out things with that. Um, and so I, I think there's, I think there could be some really interesting things in, in human uh, genetics that, that could be cool for a class of itself. So that, that's one. I've also taught immunology once and I really enjoyed that. So that one's technically, I think, still on the, on the books. Um, and I hope to teach that again sometime soon. We'll see when that happens. <laughs> That'd be cool. That would be, be very relevant too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I thought about it's, sometimes maybe teaching uh, epidemiology too, but now I'm kind of sick of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I know that you do conduct research on campus and you have some research students. I know this year is kind of on the download just with everything going on. So do you maybe want to talk about some of the research projects you do or like the main focus? Sure. Um, I'm, so my research, and basically this is a project that I began since I've been here, is really about the phages, about mm -hmm. viruses and um, how they infect bacteria. And um, my, probably the things I'm most excited about is viruses that jump from one host to another. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's sort of maybe the situation we're in now with COVID, right? <laughs> you know, they're thinking maybe this came from aardvarks or who knows what organism, bats or something. Um, and I think that's actually really fascinating to, to study. And there has to be some genetic changes that occur to really um, adapt to a new host. And so the things I'm most excited about with my research are, uh, there's a few viruses that we've isolated, uh, students working with me that have isolated, that can do this. And I'm trying to understand how they change and how they are able to um, adapt to a new host. I think that's really exciting stuff. That is that's cool. Kind of like what you said, like with COVID and everything, it's very relevant because like I've heard so many things of like, oh, it started from this. No, it came yeah. from this, you know, like yes. back and forth, but it's possible they're all true. Like that's right. We just want to put a little disclaimer in. We are undergraduate students. So please, when you get your information about COVID. Absolutely. Look at your sources. Make sure that they're correct. The CDC is a great one. Go Dr. Fauci. And please, wear your mask. Do you have maybe like a favorite memory from Illinois Wesleyan or like a tradition on campus that you really like? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess it was interesting to me. You guys, you aren't, are you in the Biology Honor Society? Tribeta. Uh, Tribeta. Yes. Yes. Did you, did you go through the induction ceremony? No. Because <laughs> that was last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so that's that's a really interesting event, and um, I guess hopefully maybe we can do it this year. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but that was I, I. They they probably had this society at my school that I went to, but I I missed out on that somehow. Um, but it's it's a cool experience. You know you. You've demonstrated you're like good at, at biology and um, you know all the professors are there that you're biology professors and we all sort of congratulate you and welcome you to the club. It's a really nice event and so not to rub it in that you know you missed out on something great. 
but that that is it's a cool um event it feels like it has sort of tradition behind it mm -hmm. um and you know we try to do things in a set way every time and they have, they have a candle lighting ceremony and everything so, so that's pretty fun um is there other things i have enjoyed was it, uh, i know i think julia was so excited for well our ceremony that was supposed to happen because wasn't it supposed to be at the place where you and dr cozy got married yes it was so that was also um <laughs> my i was really pushing for that <laughs> so the place where we got married is is a really nice facility for such an event mm -hmm. um and it's it's good for like biologists too because it's right on the lake and really pretty spot <laughs> um and so i was i have been pushing for this since i've gotten here almost but it would be a much better place to have this typically most of the time it's held at miller park mm -hmm. and okay every once in a while we've had to like share the facility at the same time as another group so last the last time we had it there it was being shared with a group that was having a birthday party <laughs> and so whoever was giving the talk that year was supposed to give like a talk while they were like singing happy birthday <laughs> this divider that was dividing the room and so it was like this just feels silly you know so um i I've been pushing for it for years and finally it was going to happen and then of course it didn't um, but but i still think it's a good idea so we will get there eventually next year hopefully yes yes hopefully. maybe maybe this yeah this coming year i guess uh, are there anything like uh, things at wesleyan that um like relationship with students or things the campus has that maybe you wish that you had during your undergrad oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely like i i mean I, I know, except for this year, it's, it's been kind of hard because I have some mm -hmm. students that I think I wouldn't recognize if I walked down the street because they've only taken my class online. Um, but basically, I know all of my students and mm -hmm. I think that's really great. Um, and, you know, if I, you know, I, if I have some possibility or some interesting thing that crosses my desk, I can say, oh, yeah, I know such and such would be great for this or something like that. And I can sort of lean, you know, encourage you to apply or this kind of thing. Um, I, in my own undergraduate experience, I don't think any of my professors knew my name. Um, wow. it, it feels weird. Yeah, that's um, so, so weird to think about. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and I was, not to toot my own horn, but I was among the top <laughs> students in basically all my classes. <laughs> so it's so strange that they don't know, know my name, you know. Um, but it's easy to sort of blend into the background when you're one of 200 students. It's, yeah, yeah. So I, think that, you know, I wish I had maybe been um, a little bit more selective in my choice. I just kind of went there because my cousin was going there and um, <laughs> most of the kids from my high school went there. And, um, it seemed like, I tell you, one thing that was a uh, selling point for me was that it had telephones in your room. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so back then, I thought that you know, there was a lot of like TV shows and movies that uh, had this had students calling home, and they would do it from like a payphone in the main <laughs> lobby of their building. And I did not want to have to do that to just to talk to like my mom and dad. So the big selling point for me was they had telephones in your room. I was like, oh, this is amazing. They didn't have cell phones back then, but. Like not as widely, not, nobody my age had a cell phone back then. <laughs> so. 
if it makes you feel better, uh, I'm in Munsell and they still have like the plugins for the wall for the telephone cords. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they still have it. So like if students wanted to, they could plug in their telephone. <laughs> yeah, but nobody does that. Who, who no. would do that? Yeah. yeah, it feels weird, but that, that, was, that was the technology back then. Wow. <laughs> now it's all about the ethernet cables. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was gonna say, I know like, and I'm sure Hannah feels the same way, like on our end, it's really nice to like know the professors as well. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of friends who went to big schools and I'm like, oh yeah, like we're creating this podcast with our professors. And they're like, you sit down and talk to your professor, you know, like yeah. they like couldn't imagine spending extra time with the professor outside of class. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree with you, Sailor. It's definitely a blessing to be able to just know your professor and be able to talk to them and go into their office hours and yeah. ask questions. Yeah, if you don't show up to class, I ask around, hey, where's, where's Hannah been? Yeah. You know? Slacker. Yeah, exactly. Somebody, somebody text her, get her to class. Yeah. I think that's that's fun. I, I enjoy it, but it's also, I think it's, you know, it's good. It's yeah. people keeping an eye on you. Especially now that we know you juggle, we're going to have to ask you to yeah. juggle at some point. I, I can give you a demo for sure. I don't know about you, Sailor, but I cannot juggle to save my life. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> so those things, I'm like, oh, that's so cool, but I can't do. Yep. <laughs> and now, I hope you are ready for the very best part of our episode, in my humble opinion. The rapid fire questions. If you're new here, here's how it works. We ask our professors some very random questions, and they have to think of the pop first thing that pops in their minds and say it. So for example, if someone asked me, what lotion is sitting on my desk right now? I say, Bath and Body Works Mermaid off duty. That's a bad example, but you get what I mean. <laughs> um, so I'll start. So what socks are you wearing? Oh. Black dress socks. All right. Favorite shoe? Asics. Uh, favorite professor from your studies? From my studies? Yes. The name? Uh, Dr. Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> favorite thing to eat? Oh, um, peanut butter sandwich. Oh, good choice. <laughs> favorite thing to cook? Oh gosh, I like squash fritters. <laughs> uh, favorite class you've ever taken? Um, I think I would say industrial microbiology. Favorite class to teach? Immunology. The best music genre? Oh, 1960s rock. Favorite vehicle you have had? Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Nash Metropolitan. Your favorite holiday. You don't know this, but you should Google it. Favorite <laughs> holiday. Um, Fourth of July. Best baby moment. Best baby moment with my own baby. Yes. Oh, the, the birth. It's hard to be. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And everything you see that everything worked is pretty cool. <laughs> 
Uh, favorite place you have traveled? Favorite place I've traveled? Um, Big Island of Hawaii. If you could go back in time, what period of time would you go to? <laughs> oh, I always thought the 1950s sounded interesting, so 1950s. Uh, what flavor was your wedding cake? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, good. I want to say it was just vanilla, but um, I think it was just vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> what is something on your bucket list that you want to get done by the end of the year? By the end of the year? Oh, gosh. I just want to get this semester. <laughs> <laughs> Same with us. <laughs> um, I don't know. It would, it would be nice to get Marty to crawl. <laughs> so we're working on building up his skill set. Um, I yeah. I guess that's not a rapid fire answer, but maybe that's what I have. You prefer coffee or tea? Tea. Yeah, don't drink coffee. Oh, interesting. Do you have a, what's your favorite kind of tea? I like something with mint, peppermint, spearmint. Yeah. I'm I'm gener actually I don't like caffeine. I, I, I get too jittery. <laughs> Can't sleep. If I have one cup of coffee or one cup of tea, rather, I'm, that has caffeine, I can't sleep that night. Oh, gosh. I just uh, know how much Hannah and I drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still struggling to stay awake. Right. I had to take a power nap. What, what's, the, what's typically the latest time of day that you still drink coffee? I've done 8 p.m. Consistently or just occasionally? That's just occasionally. But okay. I, don't, I don't, I usually am going to bed like by 11. Okay. For me, if it's after noon, I can't close my eyes. when. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I've done it as late as like 5 or 6 p.m. Yeah. But it's like every once in a while. Because normally I'll be like, okay, we need tea. Try to like be good. But oh, sometimes okay. it's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are all of our rapid fire questions. We just want to thank Dr. Alvi so much for coming on this podcast episode. He was obviously a fantastic person to have on. He's also, if you didn't know, our advisor for the club, biology club, who actually puts on this entire podcast. So if you're interested in joining, or if you're interested in like, oh my gosh, this professor, that's who I want to hear, please let us know. This episode was brought to you by so many people. Our hosts today, as lovely as they are, Hannah Johnson and Sailor Williams. Our wonderful guest, Dr. Alvey. And our very humble and grateful editor, Katie Vogler. Stick around for our next episode. Have a great day. <laughs>